This week, everything you thought you wanted to know and probably didn't want to know about composting toilets. This is RV Miles. This summer, L.L. Bean invites you to simply step outside and enjoy the fresh air and sunshine. We'll be your guide with tips and advice to get more out of every moment outdoors. Here's one. On your next camping trip, turn a headlamp into a lantern in five seconds. Strap the headlamp around an empty clear water bottle or milk jug and turn it on. The soft white light will brighten up a tent. For more fun ideas, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com guide. Welcome to episode number 247 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our three boys, have been crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip since 2016. Here at RV Miles, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from industry news to travel destinations, our national parks, and a whole lot more. I wanted to kick off the show today talking about some of our favorite travel games. And we carry... A lot of games, like way oh, yeah. too many games, like big no. board games, no. lots of games. You can never um, have too many games. Don't listen to him. But what I specifically wanted to talk about today was small games, games that are easy to take with you when you're traveling around. Okay. Uh, so I thought I'd start with left, center, right. Yes. So this is a really fun game that you could probably do just if you happen to have maybe even some like poker chips or something uh, you could use money you could use uh, dimes or, yes. or or nickels or something that would actually be great because then the winner would get to keep the, the <laughs> yeah. money you keep trying to do this with all of yeah. us and the kids are like nope not having it. But it it's basically it's a little tin with these little tiny poker chips and dice yes and all you do is is roll the dice and there are different iterations of uh whether you send a chip left, send a chip right, send it to the center or keep it for yourself. And the person with chips at the end is the winner. Yeah. It's a really fun game. Really compact. I would add uh farkle mm -hmm. to that. So one of the worst names for a game. Farkle, if, <laughs> if you're not familiar, is akin to Yahtzee. Yeah. So what you're trying to do is be the first person to get to 10,000. And the way you do that is by making uh, certain runs or certain combinations with your dice. And you keep rolling and tempting fate to try and make these combinations. And every roll has to have a one or a six, I believe. Or one. In, is it one and six? One and five? One and five. One and five. Yeah. And if you don't have a one or five, then you farkle. And at our house, we say either you farkle or you're going to sparkle. But farkle isn't. We say that? We do. We do. We say that. We mm. do say that. It, it comes in a little cup, uh, just like a travel Yahtzee would. Yeah. And uh, you could, you also don't even need to buy it. You could just do it with dice. Just do it with a set of dice. If you have Yahtzee, do it with the dice that you have. Yep. You from, pull the rules. Yahtzee. Right up online, figure out what you need for your yeah. combos and play that way. What would be another one you would add? Of course, any any card games are going to be easy to travel with. And um, you can have a deck of cards and play all sorts of games with a standard deck of cards. But there are some fun uh, card games that uh, have their own style of cards that we like to travel with. Uh, one being Five Crowns. Oh, yeah. 
So before, uh, so we had, we were introduced to Five Crowns by some really old friends of ours in Kansas City, Jenny and Grant. They introduced that game to us many, many years ago. And then lately, as we've been traveling with our friends, the four of us have really gotten into sort of a Five Crowns uh, competition a little bit. So earlier this year, Jason and I had this uh, spare notebook laying around, and we decided to start tracking all the games that we play. It doesn't matter what game it is. Uh, we're going to put the results of it into the book. This is such a fun and friendly way to see who's better <laughs> at playing games right now. It's definitely me. No, it is 100%. There are way more wins in there than uh, you have. Excuse me. Who won at Scrabble over the weekend? Hasn't been put in the book yet. I know. You You. Oh, you think I, that that, oh. <laughs> that knocks everything off the table. Listen, when you win at Scrabble <laughs> against Dave Trebu, my father... You have reached, like, it's the mountain. You don't even, like, you're done in life. I'm done. I'm done. <sighs> the Just... the nice thing, in all honesty, about the uh, the game book is that it's kind of like a diary of where we've been. Because we yeah. sort of write where we were when we played and who we were playing with. And, and because we travel, it's all over the country. Yeah. And so we've been having a lot of fun with our friends playing Five Crowns and, and tracking who has the most wins, which Jason has the most in Five Crowns. He has the most wins in that game. So we've been tracking that. Another really fun, obviously another fun card game that kids of all ages can play is Uno. Uno is really great for us to take to restaurants. Yes. It's a way to keep the kids off their phones and sort of engage with them at a restaurant while we're waiting for our food. We do, <laughs> we do that with left, center, right as well because it's so small and compact. I have to tell the Uno story. <laughs> we were at a surprise, surprise. We were at a Chili's and we were playing Uno and it was really contentious though. I felt like you, the kids were, everybody wanted to play, but it was, it it was like to play a card was this huge dramatic moment. Like, oh, I'm going to slam a card down on you. And it was just taking four Our, our thousand... kids like to make everything a dramatic production. Oh, Every time they lay a card down, it's, it's like just a like whole their father. bit. And they're <laughs> like, oh, you know, and it, it's taking forever. And Jason and I are like, can you just play your card? Please just play your card. Can you just, oh, you know, and... In my mind, this Uno game is just a hot mess. I'm not enjoying it. And a woman, they're a family, a, a couple is leaving, and the woman stops and she goes, It is so heartwarming to watch your family play this game together and to see you all together doing this and having such a good time. And I think that's such a good idea. And it really brought my husband and I joy. And I was like, Oh. And I, I stopped because I was like, well, over here, lady, there is no joy happening. But then I thought, okay, you know, stop. It's cool. It's okay that they're taking forever because we're all doing this together. And, and we're finding a way to have these family moments. And I think that when you can have these travel games like this that you can breathe bring either to the campground really small and compact or you can take with you when you go into a national park or you go out to dinner or then you get to create these moments and that was such a good reminder to me that I need to to stop and just enjoy the fact that Henry needs to it's like a flourish he's like a magician he's like he just he needs to make a huge production before he lays that draw two down and makes you draw two cards 
So we would love to know what games you like to travel with. Leave us a comment on the video version of this podcast over uh, on the RV Miles podcast YouTube channel or in the RV Miles Facebook group. You took the words right out of my Didn't mouth. I? You did. Didn't I? We're going to talk about composting toilets. So, you know, buckle in. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute. Because it's about to get to be dirty around here. Chances are you've seen them on the road. That's because Blue Ox designs and manufactures the best towing products in the industry. Just look around. You'll find them on highways and campgrounds and anywhere you find people traveling in the great outdoors. Award-winning tow bars, base plates, and brakes. A full line of weight distributing hitches. Adjustable ball mounts and a new line of fifth wheel hitches. With Blue Ox, towing doesn't have to be a drag. To learn more about how Blue Ox can make your travel adventures even more stress-free, visit blueox.com. You know what it's like, chilling at the campground and then you catch the delicious scent of something good on your neighbor's grill. You'd follow suit, but the idea of grilling over a fire pit or lugging out the bulky outdoor stove is just too exhausting. That's where Otzi Grills comes in. Otzi Grills pack completely flat for easy RV storage, and when it's time to cook, the interlocking design is super quick and easy to assemble. Otzi Grills are self-contained and fueled by charcoal or wood. Available in three sizes, made in the USA with high-quality, durable steel, Otzi Grills are built to fit all your camp cooking needs. Otzi is offering RV Miles listeners 10% off when you visit OtziGear.com and use promo code RVMiles at checkout, all one word. That's OtziGear, O-T-Z-I, gear.com, promo code RVMiles. Get cooking today with Otzi Gear Flat Pack Grills. All right, we're back and we are going to talk all about taking the thing that we all do, because everybody does it. And turning it into compost. <laughs> so we started composting uh, using a composting toilet back when we did our bus conversion. Six and, years ago. And for a lot of people that do bus conversions or tiny homes, it's just a convenient way of putting a toilet in without running, uh, you know, all the sewage stuff, the black tank and all that sort of stuff and no. insulating it and all that kind of stuff. So we should say that we are talking about a very specific type of composting toilet. It does not involve a Home Depot bucket. Uh, what we're going to talk about is uh, both times, both in the bus conversion and now here in our Sabre, we purchased a Nature's Head composting toilet, which is going to look like a traditional toilet in regards to its shape, but it's going to have different ways that it works. So for this particular episode, when we're talking about composting, we are talking about a toilet that you do go out and purchase. These things are a little expensive. So we have a Nature's yes. Head. This is our second Nature's Head. And it's a thousand dollars. It's a thousand dollar toilet. toilet. They're expensive thousand dollar plastic toilet. <laughs> but a really good it's, plastic. It's a good plastic. Like, you see it in yeah. its plastic and you're like, uh, but it is kind of like that plastic that gets used on like, uh, you know, when they turn grocery bags into park benches where it's real yeah, it's strong durable. and heavy, I right? Mean, it's not like, it doesn't make a sound. There's no, yeah. when you sit on it. It's not squeaky like some of the cheap RV toilets. So let's I, put it that way. Let's just say that we don't know when someone is moving around on the toilet anymore. Okay. <laughs> so let's start by saying composting toilets, definitely not for everybody. So nope. don't think that like, if this sounds remotely like something that you don't want to do, uh, the, you should even concern yourself with it. But the benefit of a composting toilet is that it doesn't use water. So we don't have to worry about the half of our freshwater tank 
going to flushing the toilet because you do use a lot of water when you flush a toilet in an RV and you should be using a lot of water uh, so that you don't have backups and clogs and things like that. You're also not filling up a black tank. Mm -hmm. So there, those are the real two big benefits. Uh, and you don't really have to go uh, find a place to dump as often. So it's really all about water savings. So I know everyone right now is probably going, you know, uh, hold the phone. What about the smell? And so let's just say really quick, because you were talking about the black tank and the water and filling up the black tank. We have all smelled that black tank smell. We all know what that black tank smell. Even if you're good at managing it. Yeah, it's it's, there. Yeah, it's there. We all smell it. You've smelled it. You've been in the bathroom. You've smelled it. You've dumped your tanks. You have smelled it. I am not joking when I say to you, there is no smell. There is no smell from this composting toilet outside of the natural smell that happens when we use the restroom. But when it comes to the actual composting itself, it smells like even even when I have to go change it and I have to, you know, my head is kind of near it. It's like it just smells like potting soil. It really does. When your head is near it. Well, you know, I'm down on my knees getting taking it apart to, to change it. Okay. We'll get into this. We'll get into the yeah. process a little, a little bit. Yeah. I think we need more um, context to that. I, I will give you some more context to that. But <laughs> but essentially, um, the, the, what happens is the solids are separated from the liquids. And that is where you get a lot of the smell to go away. It's the keeping the solids wet with the liquid yes. that makes a lot of smell. Yes. So... Composting toilets or the good expensive ones um, that aren't homemade use urine diversion. So they send the urine into a tank and they send the solids into a composting medium. We use cocoa core, which is uh, shredded coconut husks. Uh, a lot of people use peat moss as another option. But We have used peat moss we, correct and we have we not been as successful with we did moss. not like yeah. it as much cocoa core is very easy to get off of amazon and it comes in like compressed bricks that you use water and sort of expand them so you can carry yeah. a lot of it with you yeah in and small batches we just really felt that peat moss mm-hmm. didn't actually we did notice a smell when we had peat moss yeah and so uh we have been very uh faithful to cocoa core this whole time. Yeah. There have been times where we have had a few problems where we've had a smell issue. And we'll get into that in a, yeah. in a little bit. Just like you may have a problem with your black tank every now and then. Um, so installing this thing, there are a couple ways to go about it. You can just set it down or screw it down to the floor and be done with it. Because Plus the some, li- a few other things. Yeah, but, because the liquids has uh, what is essentially like a... Um, it's a, a two-gallon... A- Jug. Jug that attaches and it's going to yeah. collect all the urine and then you're going to have to deal with that and you're going to have to dump that. When we were in our bus conversion, that was our situation. Mm-hmm. And our children were much younger then, but we were still, I was emptying that urine tank every two days and I would probably be doing it every day now. Yeah, and probably it, twice a day. It was, that was by far the worst part about owning a composting toilet was dumping the urine, taking it up to the dump station uh, or where have you and pouring it down a toilet uh, and and getting rid of it. That was the smell was 
atrocious once you took it off. You didn't smell it when it was on, but once you took it off, the smell was atrocious. Um, but we have plumbed the urine into our old black tank. Yeah. So we still have a black tank. It just fills up much, much slower and, be- and has no solids in it. Because we have taken uh, the black tank and turned that specifically just for urine, we are really able, if we're boondocking a family of five with grown children in here, we're talking a 15, a 12, and a nine-year-old, we are able to go about 10 to 12 days before full shows. Not like we've reached the limit, but just that the light ticks over to full. We could probably push it a few more days if we wanted to, but 10 to 12 days boondocking kind of tends to be our limit anyway. Um, that is That has been huge for us in regards to how how much more comfortable we are with a composting toilet now. We would not have done a composting toilet in this fifth wheel if you did not feel like you could successfully plumb that to the black tank. Yeah, because just carrying that outside. It's too much. Some people pour it down their shower drain. Not something I want to do, but But some some people do that. You can. You you could do that. Uh, But having it plumbed in makes all the difference in the world. Now, in order to do that, it took some doing yes Um, i had to build a platform about an inch tall for it to sit on i had to figure out a way to attach a hose to it run that hose underneath into the black tank somehow make a gasket for it lots of stuff that i'm not going to go into how i did it all but i did find some youtube videos where other people have done it uh way more successfully than me and we did have some issues early on with like trial and error getting that hose clogged having to get a bigger hose stuff like that the other big thing about a nature's head is that it it has a vent fan in it. And that vent fan is very important. So every now and in then... In the main chamber, we should say, yeah. in the in the solids chamber. Every now and then, I see somebody that has some major problems with their composting toilet, and they hate it. And often, you find out that they never actually ran the vent fan. Mm-hmm. Um, they never... They, they didn't go through the process of running power to that vent fan. It is the the whole composting process happens by your waste that is already decomposing in your body, continuing to do, decompose in this soil that it falls into, uh, and drying it out is what helps it decompose abruptly, fast. Right. So you have a vent fan that is on the on the side of the toilet and then a hose that's got to run outside somewhere it can run to your roof it can run down it can run to a wall but you got to cut a hole somewhere and it's got to run to it and ours was particularly challenging because our bathroom actually doesn't really have an exterior wall it is on on the exterior wall side it is entirely shower and then Mm -hmm. above the bathroom is henry's loft so we couldn't go to the roof uh, and then below is the black tank. Below is probably the last place you want to go in an RV because usually the black tank is right below the bathroom and you don't want to accidentally drill into that or anything. So I had like come up with a process where I put a pipe behind the shower that ran outside and it was a whole big to do that I, maybe had I thought better about in the first place, maybe we wouldn't have uh, done it in the first place, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad we we did did it and we're here now. And then I had to run electricity (laughs) to it. So you have to run DC power to it so that it's constantly running. It takes very, very tiny, 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 tiny amount of power, but you have to do that. It has to vent 
the the air out so that it it takes any moisture and sucks it out. Yeah. We have noticed that the drier the environment, the better the composting toilet works. I am emptying it more often in more humid environments. Yeah. And so and it is also a learning process for people to learn, you know, kind of how to use yeah. this composting toilet. So, you know, you really have to be mindful and make sure that your liquids go where your liquids need to go because you don't want to cross contaminate. You know, you've got everything that closes. But like with anything, when you have a hatch, there's always the ability for a little bit of liquid to kind of get built up there in that hatch. And then when you open that hatch, it's going to drop down into your chamber and into your solids. And yeah. So, so you sit down and you pull a lever and you go with the hole open. So unlike a regular <laughs> toilet where you flush afterwards, the hole's open. And the, and the liquids go down uh, sort of a, yeah. a has a P-trap that is always uh, open, but <laughs> but also- those are separate. So you can. I, I, this is weird to talk about, but you're trying to avoid doing both things at the same time, yes. which for some people is hard. Um, you learn, it's a, it's, and it's and it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be one hundred percent perfect all the time. It's a lesson in key um, You can uh, put toilet paper down it. Um, yes. The the less toilet paper you can put in it, the longer the compost medium is going to go before you have to change it yeah now some people will keep just a small little trash can in their bathroom and that's where they put all of their toilet paper if they need it for especially for just like liquids and stuff and then they'll you know they'll change that out every day at the end of the night or something but you can put some toilet paper into the chamber area that's absolutely fine and especially if you have little ones uh a, a word of caution for those of you with with children, and our kids have been using one of these on and off for six years. Our youngest is now nine, so since he was three, uh, it's very important that you teach them to remember that they need to pull the lever to open the hatch. You can imagine what happens if they don't. Men, you have to sit down. You do. And women, thank you. Which keeps the bathroom cleaner in general, yes. and it's fine. Everyone uh, thanks you. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it really does make a difference. For us, it sort of feels like a, it is a normal process. It doesn't feel weird after no, you've done it for a couple days. You're all. like, okay, this all feels pretty normal. It actually feels like pretty natural, actually. Yeah. But then you have to empty it. So let's talk well, about how that works. You have to empty it. <laughs> the rest of your family okay, doesn't so have to empty it. Let me just say that emptying the solids chamber, much less gross. I put it right there with emptying the black tank. Maybe it takes a little longer than emptying the black tank, but I find it to be the same level of grossness as emptying a black, black tank. I basically, think it's less. Basically, but... I well, if you have a problem emptying the black tank... That's really gross. I just, yeah, I just mean in terms <laughs> yeah. of overall smell. Like, yeah. we all know that. Oh, th- smell wise, it's way better. Right. Yeah. That's what I mean in regards to the yeah. smell that encompasses the dump station you're at or when yeah. you, have, you know, here at your campsite or your name, you know, that is eliminated. Yeah. So basically what happens is the top of the toilet comes off. You're left with a bucket that's attached to the floor and you unscrew the things off the floor you unhook it from the power and and from the vent hose and you take a trash bag and you put it over the top of that 
that bin, you flip it over, pound, pound it out a little bit, and it all goes into the trash bag. You tie the trash bag up. You throw the trash bag in the dumpster. That's where you have to put it. Um, you can't put it in, in, you can't go out into the woods and, and dump it. That That's illegal in virtually everywhere. If Please you're on don't. your own property, you can create a compost pile and do that, which is gr a great thing to do. They still uh -huh. recommend you don't use it for like growing food, but for growing other plants, it's totally fine. It really is. I don't, mean, once it's gone, it's gone. Don't use it to grow your food. Um, but people argue back and forth whether that's okay that it's going into dumpsters. I'm sorry that it is going into dumpsters, but it is dirt that's decomposing. People compare it to throwing diapers in the trash, but it's actually way better than throwing diapers in the trash. It is it is not completely decomposed, but it is it is half decomposed. And by the time that it's been a, a, a dump for a couple of weeks, it is dirt. I feel no guilt about that whatsoever uh, at all. Own that compost, Jason. Yeah. Uh, and you can use biodegradable bags to put it in, mm -hmm. uh, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, that, that process, that actually the process, the thing that takes me the longest with that process is rehydrating the cocoa core yeah. and breaking, breaking that up. That's peat moss is a little easier on that front. But uh, other than that, it's not a big deal. You don't even have to clean the bin out because it's actually better to leave uh, a little bit of the dirt inside that keeps the composting going. So you just clean all the, the outer facing stuff, the top stuff and all that sort of stuff and put it back together. And, you know, usually it's an hour long project for me. Yeah. And you're only really doing that. How often would you say? So this, this is where it, I think there is some important considerations for people. When we had the bus and our children were small, I was going four to six weeks. Mm -hmm. um, now that our children are bigger and producing more, <laughs> they're adult size. Some of them. Uh, I'm I'm changing it more like two to three weeks. So, but there... some of that I would say, and you mentioned this earlier, depends on where we are in the country. Yes, it can be alleviated quite a bit by people walking up to the bathhouse for number two. <laughs> um, our children are not going to do that. They're just not going to do it. I know you're you do it, but the kids are not. They're like because yeah, no. I'm the one that changes it. <laughs> the kids are like, nope. You made this choice, mom and dad. I'm staying right here. So, but yeah, in, but being in a drier climate, it lasts longer. Like I talked about, all that sort of stuff. But it is less of a savings of time than it used to be. Now that our kids are older, and mm -hmm. really, I really, it's about the it's about the amount of toilet paper that ends up going into it. Yeah, and we do have. We do have ongoing discussions with our kids about that. I mean, in general, even if we were uh, using a traditional toilet here in the RV or even in a sticks and bricks, you need to be careful about how much oh, toilet paper. There's you one use. thing that we weren't clear on that I should mention. Once you mm -hmm. once you go into the main chamber, it, there oh. is a uh, there's a handle on the side of it that rotates. It sort of stirs everything up and covers everything feet. with the dirt. So you yep. use your foot to pedal the handle so that it, it the, the dirt gets on top of everything yeah you're that's stirring what, it that's what really gets rid of the smell yeah stir it up you gotta yeah. stir it up and not just one or two really teach those kids to get at it like get a good five six seven and i even you know if i go to the restroom and i'm just using the liquids i will just for good measure give it a stir 
Just yeah. give it a start. Just get things moving around in there so that you're pulling what's up on top that's really had a chance to dry out. You're mixing that with what's down on the bottom. Again, it's like turning over your soil. You just kind of keep moving it, and that's going to help it compost even more. The, the, one, the one thing that we've really ever had problems with with it is when bits of toilet paper have clogged up the the urine section Mm -hmm. and we have had uh urine go into the composting chamber and that's that's when it's like oh i've got to change this right away um and that we've kind of alleviated that now we haven't had that problem in a long time i think we've got it down now yeah that really comes with the continued conversation with little people about making sure you know and asking for help if, if they need help or something but you know it is uh i think uh because of what it has allowed us to do uh at state parks where we're only on water and electric or when we're boondocking, we would not be able to do those things as much as we have been able to do them if we did not have the composting toilet for as long as we've been able to do them because we are basically four adults and a little peanut in this house right now. So that's four adults going to the bathroom. All right. That is our discussion on composting toilet. And I know that so many of you have been just chomping at the bit for us to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) But if you do have questions or you want to talk about this some more, we love talking about this. I know that might sound a little weird, but we're really big fans of the composting toilet in your RV. And if you want to talk some more about it, just tag us on a comment in the RV Miles Facebook group, and we will be glad to talk to you more about liquids and solids and composting. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to check the level of our other tanks (laughs) (laughs) we'll be right back are you tired of overcrowded campgrounds and competing for reservations paying high fees for sites well ownership is a big trend in rving that might be right for you tennessee land and lakes sells large acreage and waterfront rv properties in popular destination spots at amazing prices 100 ownership these large acreage properties are designed for privacy and surrounded by some of the most popular attractions in the country Visit their website to explore ownership options. Tennessee is a great place to make your home base with 0% state income tax. No more calling around for reservations. Your property, your way. For details, visit myrvland.land. That's myrvland.land. We are back, and it is time to check the level of our tanks. Jason, what is in your black tank this week? My black tank this week is chain restaurants that have really gone downhill during the pandemic. Now, we all know there have been lots of issues with, like, supply chains and labor and stuff. And some businesses have fared well, fared better than others. You know, you go to a place like Costco, you get the same level of customer service (laughs) that you've always had there. Are you about to lump Costco's? You go to, like, we went to REI the other day. There were, like, 40 people working in that REI, and every five minutes, somebody was asking me if I needed help, right? I had a great conversation with someone at REI about boots. It was a good talk. But there are some chain restaurants, particularly fast food restaurants. We we hit these places up from time to time when we just need something that everybody will eat. But this is, uh, the ones I noticed that you have listed on here are what we call kind of like, not the sit-down restaurant, 
but the, not the McDonald's. These were They're... these are upper tier fast food chains yeah. that were known for good customer service and quality food and ingredients and stuff. And we have felt that recently they have just really dropped the ball. And so Fired I've got I've got go. three of them. Number one is Starbucks. Breaking my heart, yes. but I look. I got back in the truck yesterday, and what did I say to you? Yeah, I. You, I you said, said never again. I said I think I'm done with Starbucks. <laughs> the uh, I think a lot of Starbucks is really labor <laughs> issues and stuff, but uh, but I don't know. This was just an attitude issue, <laughs> and I was like, I'm not. I just wanted. I was just asking about my latte. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was tough. Uh, number sad. two, though, being Chipotle. Yeah, Chipotle. I mean, I used to have a Chipotle across the street from the theater that I worked at, and I ate there every day. <laughs> and Chipotle, our last ten Chipotle trips, I'd say five of them have been real rough. This is over the span of the year, yeah. Not just our last, yeah, 10 over Chipotle's over like the last month. year, yeah, they're, like they're not in the last month. Always dirty, uh, impossible to find a clean table when you walk inside, and we go at off hours. Yeah, the uh, they have all kinds of weird rules now about like they they change whether you can get a quesadilla or not. The quesadilla now comes with sides, and you have to get the sides, or if you or you have to order the quesadilla off the app. And our kids like quesadillas, so. I just think Chipotle hates kids. I literally went into one and walked up to the counter. I was trying. There was a long line. I was trying to do a mobile order. Couldn't get the app to work. So I mm. finally just waited in the line. I got up to the front of the line, ordered my food, and ordered a quesadilla. And they said, oh, you can only order that on the app. Yeah. And I'm... the lady proceeded to take my phone and order it for the person <laughs> at the end at the mobile station oh. to make. The the The... Uh, the portions have been smaller and I'll be honest, the customers are pretty awful at Chipotle too. And I cannot stand being in line with the other customers at Chipotle. That's been a big problem to me. But number one, the the worst, the one that has really just gotten so terrible that I can't stand it is Panera. It's sad. Panera is just gotten, uh, it's so expensive. It should not cost my family Fifty dollars to eat at Panera when one of us is literally only eating the bread off of everyone else's plates and a croissant they they got for ninety nine cents. It's, like it should not cost us fifty dollars. Expensive and the portion sizes have gotten smaller. I feel the ingredients have have uh, are are of a lower quality yeah, in general, or they they're like not to... or they're not as fresh. Uh, and then the people that work there are, are, I mean, we've waited 40 minutes for our food at one recently. I, I feel like, cause I don't want to sound, I, I feel like we're, we're riding a fine line with sounding like really like a bunch of first world problems here, but we're in a time in this country where we're really encouraged to try and support businesses, small businesses. And we have had really what we have been gravitating towards because the experiences at these more major national restaurants has been so bad that we have been gravitating even more and more and more to the small local restaurant that's specific to that area where the service and the food has been awesome and the prices have been fair. You have to understand but- for us as full-time RVers, you know, we're, we're not on vacation. So we're not like always picking out the, the local fun joint. And well, no, sometimes we just don't want to think. 
Uh, especially on a travel day, Sometimes we just, just don't want to hear just, the kids. We don't want to argue with the kids. We no. want to go to. We want to pick a place that we don't want to call a restaurant and just, ask if they have a kids menu. I just want to get Henry some cheese curds from Culver's <laughs> and just call Culver's it a day. customer service Culver's phenomenal. Is Culver's has not gone downhill. It's just what's frustrating is I think there's you know we want to support and continue to support those businesses we want businesses to continue to thrive we know that supply chain issues continue to be an issue that is that's not what upsets us fine you don't have you know chicken today i don't care i'll get something else it's just that it's become so it's so expensive and the the environment is so negative and then it's so expensive and the the last uh, one more story tough. before we move on for this. The, yeah. the last time we went to Panera, the amount of cussing coming <gasps> from the kitchen. That was so shocking. Feel, I mean, quiet, quiet restaurant. It was and, like in the middle of the And they're just like having fun back there and stuff, yeah. and but like loudly talking about some real raunchy stuff. And I, I said to you, I don't, I'm not offended by what they're talking about i'm not offended by the language that they're using I'm just I, uncomfortable the color for it, the world around me <laughs> what i fear for these fine young people back there who are learning their way in the world is that uh i shouldn't be at the other end of the restaurant and how be able to hear just how you quieter. effed up so and so after a Beep, 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 night of beep, 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 beep. I shouldn't, I shouldn't hear that. Just talk quieter. Just y'all, talk quieter. Y'all talk I don't know how to do that. But, you know, uh, I think sometimes uh, we just don't realize how loud we are yeah. and our voices carry. But you and I, as individuals who we've taught theater students, we've been theater students, there's not much you can say that's really going to shock Jason and me. We are sitting there going, Oh, guys, no, not a good idea today. Not a good idea. And then someone did. Someone went up there and was like, I don't come here for this. I am a regular and I don't approve. And, th- and they they let them have it. And I was like. That's... And they did. just went back to it. And then she turned around and left and they said something smart about her. Went right back to it. And that's when I no longer could be like, okay, you know, now I was like, now this is too much, but. So we have this cool new, uh, I guess you call it a shade, a sunshade. Uh, mm-hmm. It's almost like a small awning from, a, it's called Moonshade. Um, <laughs> it's a sunshade, but it's called it's Moonshade. from a company called Moonshade. And it, it, it's really well put together, really large, really great package. What it is, it comes with these super duty suction cups. Uh, actually, multiple sets of them that you can use for different purposes. And it is meant for adding a shade off of your vehicle. So if mm-hmm. you want to be, uh, you're having a picnic or something in, uh, and you're in your, your truck or your van and you want to attach a shade that you can put, put stuff under to be out of the sun uh, or you're maybe at a soccer game, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of meant for that. So you suction cup these two suction cups to the roof and then you put the shade together and then it's got a couple legs that stand out um, maybe eight feet or so past the vehicle. Right. But it, they also market it towards RVers, and it works really well if you have a slick-sided, a fiberglass RV. 
to basically put an awning wherever you mm-hmm. want it. It's so pretty cool. Have you ever been in your RV and been like, ah, the sun is still hitting me under my awning, or I want to sit on the other side, you're boondocking, and you want to sit on the other side of the RV or the back of the RV? You can move this wherever you want it to be and have a big shaded space. I We just put it up last night. I think it is so cool. It comes with, like I said, multiple suction cups, all the poles, the awning, guy, guy lines galore. It comes in a nice bag. It's a really, it, it's a really well-made product, uh, Moonshade. Check it out. We'll put it in the description. Yeah, it's really been nice to have here because we don't have a whole lot of shade at this campground. All right, what's in your black tank this week? So my black tank and my fresh tank are going to kind of be all in one Uh. sort of area. So uh, my black tank is going to go to, and we're building on a theme here, to the cost of getting popcorn and a soda at a movie theater. What is Tale as old as time, Abby. We, I know. People have been claiming for what is happening about that for twenty what, years. I know what is happening, but now, Jace, the Dasani bottle of water was five dollars at the movie theater when we took the kids to see uh, League of DC Pets that are super super pets of the DC League or League of DC. I super thought it was pets. cute. You did not like it. I, I didn't care for it, um, but the kids had a good time, um, and. Ethan wanted some water and I was like well you're gonna have to drink the water I'm smuggling in because I am not paying five dollars for Dasani water and I know that some people think that bringing in your own bottle of water that's like real crappy but five dollars and then to get a popcorn and a soda it was like 14 bucks and I'm already paying 12 dollars a ticket this is why we can't take our family to the movies anymore. It's too expensive. Yeah, but you know what? Where we went and saw Top Gun, I, I saw yeah. Top Gun for the second time. I took Abby. <laughs> we paid $8 a ticket, the giant screen in Union Station. Will and... you stop talking about my fresh tank? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, but here's the thing. You could say to me, don't buy the popcorn, Abby. You don't go to a movie and not buy the popcorn. I, see, I'm sorry. Here's the thing. You just don't. I have no issue walking into oh, a movie and totally bypassing the concession stand, especially because we usually eat dinner before we go to a movie. So don't we matter. go to dinner and then we walk into the movie theater. I am totally fine with skipping all that. But don't matter. When, some, when everybody else gets it, then I got it. No, you have to have popcorn. You have to have popcorn when you're watching a movie. It's the only time I want popcorn. My fresh tank, though, I'm going to build on what you just said, is uh, Top Gun Maverick, which you have actually fresh tanked, I think, already. Yes. I am going to fresh tank it again. I went in there not thinking I was going to like that You've movie. Poo-pooing or, it. The I wasn't whole poo-pooing. No, 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 time. no. I just didn't think I was. I, I just, I knew I was going to enjoy it. I didn't think I was going to have as much fun as I did. I literally at one point looked at my phone to see how much longer we had in the movie. And I was like, oh, thank goodness, there's still an hour left because I didn't want the movie to end. I don't, man, that was a good movie. And if you haven't seen it yet, go see it in the theater and try to see it on a giant screen. This movie will not stop, though, in the theaters. It's been in the theaters for four months. And that theater we were in on Saturday night was halfway full. A big, 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 big theater. Yeah, I could not believe it. Yeah. So that's my fresh tank, the continued uh, dominance of Top Gun Maverick. 
All right. That's it for this week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. Yes, it is. Thank you so much for joining us. And as a reminder, if you're headed over to Amazon, please take us with you. Amazon.com slash shop slash RV Miles. Anything you purchase there, we get a little bit of a kickback from Jeff Bezos. So thank you very much for your support. And of course, if you want to talk to Jason and I, find us over in the RV Miles Facebook group. Just tag us and we will make sure to see it. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please, until we see you again, stay healthy, stay safe, and keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody. Bye.